I invite you to keep your eyes open or bow if you like as I offer another prayer. Gracious God, we ask your help today to take in more of your word into the very core of our hearts and minds, to have it before us and within us in order to claim both its power and its help. Lead us to discipline ourselves to focus on a word which can guide and direct, empower and change, encourage and transform. Beyond this, may the very spirit of your word take up residence in our thoughts, feelings, dreams, and visions, and may all that we are, inside and out, be shaped by its truth and power through the one who is the word, even Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. Well, I have it easy today. Because the scripture today is one verse. It happens to come, appear, in the longest chapter of the Bible, Psalm 119. One of the things that makes Psalm 119 long is that each section begins with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And not one letter is left out from beginning to end. Did you know that? That's why it's long. Each section expounds upon a concept, an idea, characterized by the Hebrew alphabet. But the verse today, we're going to see it screened up, right? But before you see that, well, as you're seeing that, I'm going to have you talk back to me some in this sermon. Okay? You've got to stay awake now. Can you do that? So repeat after me. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you, meaning against God. I have hidden your word in my heart, O oh God, that I might not sin against you. But you'll notice I've changed a word or two. I treasure your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. If you take nothing else with you today, that verse with that word, that verb, I treasure, is your sermon for the day in a nutshell. Not hiding something as though it's a, something to be discovered or something of value to keep away from someone else. I treasure. It is the Hebrew for this verb that informs us and gives us the richness of the meaning of this verse. The word transliterated in English, the word which typically our Bibles define as hide, stretches much further and goes much deeper. The letters in English are T-S-A-P-H-A-N, 
Safan. It's a Hebrew word. But it's a word that means treasure. It's a word that means something is so valuable that we want to hoard it. Not to hoard it in the sense of just keeping it for ourselves, but that we want it so desperately that we hoard it, we hold it close to ourselves, and we treasure it so that it covers us. That's another part of the Hebrew meaning here, that it covers us and is around us and before us and behind us and within us. So we're not hiding today. If you take nothing else with you today, that is your sermon. May I go home now? I heard a no, okay. Just a trick, trick question. Perhaps uh, those of you who have grown up, many of you in Sunday school, youth meetings, youth fellowship groups, were taught by your leaders to memorize scripture. Have any of you memorized scripture? Were you ever led by the, to do that by your teachers, your youth leaders, and so forth? And of course, that's many, many of you. You were taught to memorize scripture. Maybe you even got some prizes for memorizing. Maybe even a sticker for one verse at a time. I know one person was talking about everybody in the class had a shield. And every time they successfully memorized a verse, they got a sticker to put on their shield. So if you were a really, really good student, you were able to fill up your entire shield, your breastplate, in the battle against evil and Satan and all the forces of things against us. I was very proud of myself when, as a youth, I memorized one entire chapter of the Bible. By the way, Hebrew boys, had to memorize, starting at an early age, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And they memorized it by hearing it spoken over and over and over. That is if they wanted to be a rabbi. And it took till the teenage years, which when Jesus was a teenager, he, I think, decided he wanted to be a teacher, and he felt the call to be a rabbi, a teacher of the law. Jesus had to memorize and know by heart the Pentateuch, it's called. Imagine that. However, Hebrew boys were not allowed to memorize Song of Song because it's the erotic uh, book of the Bible that talks about uh, love between a man and a woman and all kinds of things like that. They were not allowed to see it until they got older. I didn't share that at 8 o'clock, did I? <laughs> so, okay. So you can share that with your friends. I memorized and was proud to know the, long, the shortest chapter in the Bible. It's Psalm 117. But it's only two verses. <laughs> but I was proud of myself. Praise the Lord, all nations. Praise the Lord, all peoples. For God's merciful kindness is great toward us. And the truth of the Lord endureth forever. The truth of the Lord endureth forever. I'm going to have you say that with me. Praise the Lord, all nations. Praise the Lord, all nations. 
Praise the Lord, all peoples. You notice the repetition. That helps with memory. Um, what comes next? <laughs> it's the right people. Um, uh, for the truth of the Lord. <laughs> for the truth of the Lord endures forever. <laughs> Praise ye the Lord. Okay, maybe I don't know it so well. You have memorized. You now know a whole chapter of the Bible. It used to be prized in Sunday schools and youth meetings and summer camps and so forth. And by the way, Chestnut Level had a summer camp, I understand, back in the 50s. Yes. I know that about your history. Pine Grove people, especially those of you that know George Bear, he's an elder of Pine Grove. He was here in the 50s as a youth. He came to summer camp here. So people did cross the river to come to you to be ministered by you. <clears throat> Don't know how long it lasted. All I know is it happened. So maybe you have verses of your own that you have memorized, that you carry with you, that you pull out of your heart and your mind when you need that word. <clears throat> we all do it in worship, the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. We get to add a word because, because the Lord is our shepherd, we have everything that we need. That's called paraphrasing scripture. Because, and then this becomes true. Maybe you know out of Romans all things, some of you can say it with me, I'm sure, work together for good to those who, according to God's purpose, or those who love God or something like that, right? You have your verses, you've memorized them, you've internalized it. I want to encourage you to keep carrying those things with you. You never know when you might need those words to guide you, to encourage you. So this idea of treasuring God's word, of hiding it, of treasuring it, of hoarding it, of getting it to cover us, is about internalizing the word not just knowing the words, not just reading it, not just studying it, but believing it, marinating in it, as though we marinate a good steak or a pork chop or a breast of chicken meat, so that we are filled with it, and even more than that, that we are shaped by it. If we treasure God's word, it means that we are allowing the truth of Holy Scripture, this sacred book, which is timeless and a living word, to guide us, to teach us, to admonish us, to admonish us and to form us. And if we let it do all those things, we are letting it hide in our hearts, even if we cannot perfectly, accurately quote a dozen scriptures. So there's the way to look at the word hide, to hide God's word, to treasure it. Now we're going to look at another word, heart. Treasuring God's word where? In our hearts. Now we in Western culture think of the heart as the seat of our emotions. It's out of which the place out of which love comes. It's also the place out of which anger comes. You know, we can have an angry heart. 
The word heart in the Hebrew has a much wider and deeper meaning. It is more than the seat in the organ of love and affection and the emotion. In the Old Testament, the heart is the very vital core of our personal self. If we were in India today or um, a culture in the southeastern part of the world, the core is actually the stomach, the brain, the, the intuition that comes from the gut. And maybe you've had experiences where in the moment you've been frightened or startled and you, you knew something was up that was maybe dangerous or concerning. By the way, women's brains typically exercise this sense more than men's brains. Sorry, guys. Sometimes we're a little challenged. But that intuition that is so powerful, that's a God-given gift. That's what the Hebrew word heart is getting at. The very vital center of ourselves. That's where God's word needs to be. Now, you might say, well, if that's where it needs to be, what are we putting there? At the core of our very selves. The commandments of the Bible? Okay, check. The ordinances of the Bible? Check. The warnings in the Bible? Check. The encouragements that are in the Bible? Check. Deep, all of those things into the very core of our being, down to the very roots of ourselves, into the substance of our souls. Now you might think that that's enough. God's commands, ordinances, and the rules, and the encouragement, and the warnings, and all that. I'm here to stand today before you to tell you that God's word is much more than that. It's a narrative. It's a story. It's a love story of a God who is love and a God who's calling the world to love. A God who loves the world and all that it's in it. And that is why salvation and redemption is not just about saving souls. And I've had people point at me in the chest and say, are you saved? And my answer was, I was saved, I am being saved, and I shall be saved. Because goodness knows God needs time with me, and maybe time with you. I cannot and will not ever name just one day, one hour, one minute. I will not do it. I will not blaspheme God in that way. And so this God, this narrative, this story that's so powerful is a God who's trying to redeem and reclaim everything. That's the heart of God's word. It's a living word. It's an active word. And it's a story that not only shows God's amazing love, but God's amazing resilience and God's amazing patience with us and all that we do to mess things up. So, here are some practical ways for you to treasure, to hoard God's word and put it into the very core of yourself. 
I'm going to give you three ideas today. Identify your battles. Name your struggles. Be humble enough, be courageous enough to name your battles, to name what you struggle with. And we're not going to go into a long list of those things. There are, what, seven vices pointed out a long time ago. Name your battles, name your struggles, and then you go and look for Scripture, God's Word, to address it. You do the search. And with God's power and God's help, you can find a word that's going to speak to you and help you with that. The best way of preparing us is, is to take the arsenal of all that is Scripture and to let it speak to our current spiritual battles and our needs. So, if you're here today struggling with discouragement, Look for God's word. If you're here today struggling with anxiety, look for some words to address that. If you have a self-image problem, if you don't know your direction in life or what God's calling you to be and do, look for a word. Search for a word. And then that will come into the core of your being. Number two. So identify your concerns, your struggles, your battles, and then go seek a word to address it. Second one is um, to surround yourself with scriptural reminders. Now the list is long of what you can do. Do any of you have any placards in your home or things on your wall that quotes a scripture? Right, well maybe you send out cards, Galois cards or other cards that have a verse of scripture you send out to people. Maybe you have something across your mirror. Maybe you have something you carry in your wallet or your pocket. You might even um, have something that pops up uh, as a screensaver on your phone, your iPad, your computer. That's a verse of scripture in a beautiful picture. Placards, things on the wall. Surround yourself with that visual written word. We all need timely reminders of God's truth. While we're learning to hide God's words in our hearts, we can display key verses in unavoidable places. In your car visor, tuck it there, on a mirror, on the fridge. Set scripture into an attractive background, as I've mentioned. You could listen to the radio, you could hear it, a podcast on your way to work and home, listen to a Bible reading app instead. These incessant things that come at us in the world, we have an opportunity to surround ourselves with reminders of God's word. Number three, use your creativity. And by the way, I learned this morning, this goes along with week four, the theme of para paraphrasing scripture. Make it your own. Creatively, if you write poetry, take a verse of scripture and turn it into a poem. If you're an artist, take a verse of scripture and add some graphics to it and illustrate it. Whatever your taste, your preference, whatever your gifts, tap into that creative self that you are so that the things that you're good at the things that are unique to you help you treasure God's word. Put it to music. 
write a song, play music. Eric in the early service said he's written music. Of course, he has one other idea, put it to dance. I'm not going to illustrate that one. Sorry to disappoint you. Dance God's word. And there is such a thing as liturgical dance. Now, I'm going to wrap up here with the simple way Jesus did this. So you know our alphabet, A, B, C. So the letter A stands for, I'm going to give an example, stands for Sabbath. A equals Sabbath. B stands for humankind. The pattern that Jesus often spoke scripture was A, B, B, A. I'll give you an example. A, Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for B, humankind, not humankind, B, for the Sabbath. That's the way Jesus taught. Poetically, creatively, simply. I'll give you another one, and you're going to be able to talk back with me on this one. When Jesus said this, the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. There's a Latin word for that. It's called a chiasmus, C-H-I-A-M-U-S. Simple. Create your own chiasmus. Everybody here can do that. You don't have to be an eloquent poet. There were others and many others that show up in the Gospels in the Old Testament, texts that we are privileged to have. So again, as a reminder, beyond the commands and the ordinances and the warnings and the encouragements, that God's word is the story, the narrative of God's love for us and our world, and that God will not give up on us or quit on us. So say it with me now one more time. I have hid God's word in my heart. I treasure God's profound word in the very depths of my being to the core of my very self so that my thoughts and actions my motives and deeds, my intentions and my will may conform to God's life-giving ways. So I got carried away with that verse, didn't I? And you did it with me. Friends, then and only then will you have God's word hidden within your hearts. Let us pray. Gracious God, we ask your help to take in more of your word into the very core of our hearts and minds, to have it before us and within us in order to claim its power and help. Lead us to discipline ourselves to focus on a word which can guide and direct, empower and change, encourage and transform. Beyond this, may the very spirit of your word take up residence in our thoughts, feelings, dreams, and visions. May all that we are, inside and out, be shaped by its truth, its power, 
for surely it is treasure through the one who is the word, even Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.